to Stock Talk Podcast, where topics are covered and questions are answered across all parts of the show stock industry. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Trevor Kirkpatrick and Corey Edge. Corey, we've been leaving these listeners on quite the cliffhanger for quite a few weeks now. Yes, um, and our apologies if you've been so anxious that you forgot about it. <laughs> that could that could happen. <laughs> because it has been some time since we said, listen, 2020 is going to be big. Strap in because we're going to have a big announcement. And then here we are a month, uh, a month or two later, and we haven't made the announcement yet, but that's because we wanted to make sure things were going to be finalized so that we could present this to the world. And it's time to do it. Folks, we said 2020 was going to be huge. We've got something that the show stock industry has never seen before that we are going to launch coming as soon as June, maybe March. Ladies and gentlemen, the 2020 Stock Talk Podcast show tour presented by Honor Show Feeds. That's happening this year, and we are so pumped to get on the road and do some live episodes and live events at some major shows across the country. It's happening. The best part about all this is that we've partnered up with our friends at Walton Webcasting to bring you the live show tour via webcast. That's right. If you've ever gone and seen any of these shows on Walton Webcasting and being able to capture that moment live and send it out to the interwebs is something that we wanted to make sure we could do with this show tour. And so with that being said, Walton's going to bring that for us and we're going to hit several shows throughout the country. Stay tuned for those. We can't give it all away right now because we got to make sure that, you know, you want to stay on board with us and you like the idea. Um, If you don't like the idea, don't show up to the live shows because we're going to do them anyway. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's going to be huge. Uh, You know, it's a new idea that we've started. We've been working um, tediously with a lot of different people. Uh, Those people, in part, are Walton Webcasting, which they're going to be at every event that we're at, um, more or less. And um, to get you that live event, even if you are at home, just like they do every other single show, that's a huge hit. Um, Walton's usually there. So we wanted them to be a part of the 2020 show tour and um, I'm pumped. I'm ready to get on the road and uh, got a lot of moving parts with this big event, but it's happening. We're going to do it. It is happening. Um, Just look at it this way. It's, it's a stock talk interview. Like you guys get on Wednesdays. Kind of like what we did with our live episode at the expo last year, except this time, we're going to be way better, A, because we, we know how to interview better now. But B, is the fact that we can webcast this and you can watch it from anywhere in the country. That's right. So, and, and even out of the country, supposedly, because we had people from like India and, and Canada and Mexico watching That's right. uh, the Walton webcast at Perry, Georgia. So, how about that? And you can also but, think yeah. of it as this way. If you're a sports fan, this is the college game day of the show stock industry. Boom. And that's really kind of where this idea stemmed from Trevor's beautiful brain. Um, He's like, what do you think about doing a college game day-esque show 
live episode uh, at these events. I'm like, yes, again, well done, Trev. Good idea. Stock Talk Podcast Show Tour is officially out there in the universe. So tell your friends to make sure that you stay updated with us. Continue to listen on Wednesdays. We're going to talk more about it. Uh, We're going to blast some things on social media when things are, are prepared. Very excited. Yeah. So in the meantime, make sure you, of course, subscribe to Walton Webcasting. Catch up on all the shows that you've missed and the ones that are going on each and every weekend. They they go to a lot of them. And if you missed it, subscribe and get back on there. If you're already subscribed, uh, tell your friends about it. Tell your family about it. And if you go to the next show and Grandma and Grandpa can't go, um, they can subscribe too and watch you every time. So That's right. That's um, right. Trevor. Um, you deal a lot with show pigs. I do. That's my job. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna switch gears because we are fastly approaching live sale season for fastly. for show pigs here in the Midwest, mm-hmm. and um, we're also approaching the time that online sales are going to be, you know, happening on the daily. Yeah, they kind of are right now on showpig.com. There is several each day. Um, more so for those older um, older hogs for intended for those early June shows like Expo Exposition in Indianapolis this year. So pumped up for show pig sale season and it makes my job so easy where I can jump on showpig.com, scroll through their list of the next couple of weeks to see who's gonna be selling what. And I'm gonna put a lot of miles on the old all the old Dodge coming up here because um there's a lot of places I need to go. And thanks to showpig.com, they are presented to me at the click of a button. So I would encourage each and every one of you to get on showpig.com to fill your barn with your show pigs this spring. It's upon us, folks. It's time to get those hogs bought. And if you've got a couple show pigs in your barn or show sows, I should say, and want to get them out there, I think that's the best way to do it. There's thousands and thousands of people that go to that website each and every week. And why not get in front of all those folks and get some app there? I think they have a couple specials, if I'm not wrong. So make sure you reach out to those guys and get it done. That is correct. So, Trevor, some exciting news that we probably should also share with the people out there. Uh, Coming up in March, you and I are going to be hitting the road at some live pig sales. So if you don't get a bot on showpig.com, we got a couple other stops that you should probably have on your radar. Uh-huh. The draft pig sale this year in Marseille, Illinois, at the Seneca FFA Land Lab. And there's going to have an elite offering of show pigs uh, from consigners. Uh, last year, the draft was a great success. Long list of consigners. Uh, just when you talk about previous guests, upcoming guests that should belong on this episode, they're all a part of this deal. That's pretty cool. And you and I are going to be hitting the road that weekend also uh, to the Adam Beckin family sale. That's right. Big time. Bunch, I mean, bunch of people that we're going to get in contact with. High quality show pigs. I mean, can't go wrong. Cannot really, go wrong. Really. So that's a little teaser also. Um, kind of a free ad for those guys. Yeah, you're welcome. Boys, <laughs> uh, we, welcome, we always boys. say no free ads, but hey, uh, 
when you're working with good people, it's hard not to bring it up. That's right. We're going to be there. So uh, there's been a lot of people ask either on sh- or on um, social media or in person at some of the shows mm-hmm. that we've been at. When are we going to have a Paleen episode? And speaking of show pigs and baby pigs, those of you who are on Facebook probably know that there is a huge push for ractopamine, which is the active ingredient in paline, ractopamine-free packing facilities, which in turn, we are no longer allowed in some counties to feed paline to our show pigs, specifically Mm -hmm. here in Ohio. Um, We are going to get a multi-guest interview to expand on this topic. I have several... um, mindsets of my own when it's surrounding this but i think there's gonna we're gonna get a huge episode together we promise there's a lot of people asking about it even if we need to split it up we're going to talk about this topic for sure and get everything you guys need to know all i'm going to say is i'm not going to feed it um the intentions overseas is there's a large push for more natural product and it's hard for us show pig people to have a packer that will accept those pigs, and if they have ractopamine in their system, they will no longer accept them in most cases. So I'm no longer going to feed it. Thankfully, the boar studs and genetics we have accessible today do not lack muscle. So Mm. they are bred very, very well. They're very stout, and we don't have to feed them as much paline or if any at all anymore because of the progressions we made in genetics. So thankfully, um, I have the ability and knowledge in nutrition. So if you relied on paleo in the past, I would encourage you to reach out to somebody that is knowledgeable about the product and learn how to no longer feed it because before long, I'm afraid that we are no longer allowed to use it. Yep. That's, uh, that's the world we live in now. And uh, yes, I have thoughts and opinions of my own. Looking forward to that episode. We're going to, our, our goal is to have a, um, a show representative, a feed representative, a vet, and uh, a breeder so that we can get perspectives uh, from all four uh, of those sectors as it relates to this topic. And, you know, I'm not surprised at all that this happened. Um, and is going to happen. And I probably won't be surprised at some of the things that those folks we talk to will share with us um, mm-hmm. based on the conversations we've already had. So it's uh, I wouldn't even necessarily call it an issue. I would, I would maybe call it a challenge or an opportunity as, uh, as one of my good friends uh, once told me, we don't have challenges in life or in this world. We have opportunities mm. and uh, it's- so, Anyways, it changes all the time and this is just another change and it'll kind of, once the dust settles, we're just not going to feed it and move on. I mean, there was a bunch of tizzy about when the exposition moved to Indianapolis. Now everybody's pumped up about it. So let's just uh, adapt and move on. Totally with you. Totally with you. Well, now we've shared our exciting news of the show tour uh, brought to us by Honor Show Feeds. We're really excited to have the good folks at Purina with uh, with us involved in that. And there's a lot more to come. Uh, we've got tons, like Trevor said, tons of moving parts. But since you have now heard the word, share it. Talk about it. Get uh, get people excited. 
we're we are excited. We are very excited. So let's not keep the people from what they truly came here to do. Yeah, and that speak, is listen. Speaking of excited, Jennifer Scheich is such oh. an awesome person to talk to, a brilliant mind, an awesome mom, a show mom, and quite the writer. That's kind of mm-hmm. her job is to spread great positive news and a bunch of knowledge on many different platforms. And she has some pretty cool um, advice yet stories to tell within this episode. Don't want to give them all away because you might as well continue to listen. But Corey Edge, do what you do. It's time for Jennifer Shike. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to probably one of the coolest episodes you will ever listen to if you are a show parent. If you are a livestock enthusiast, which I would assume most of you are, or even if you're that person looking to be inspired and learn the rest of your life. Folks, this individual who Trevor has already mentioned is a top-notch wife, mother, and livestock industry promoter. Welcome to the show. Jennifer Scheich. Well, we are with Jennifer Scheich, and this has been a long time coming. We actually talked at a few shows back in the summer, and we're approaching another show season, so we are excited to have Jennifer Scheich on the show. So before we get started, just tell us a little bit about who Jennifer Scheich is today and how you got to where you where you are now? Well, I'm excited to be on here today. I love to listen to your podcast and um, have a huge heart for the stock show industry. Funny enough, though, I didn't really come from a very big um, stock show family. Um, I grew up on a small farm in Washington, Iowa, and we had a small herd of Suffolk sheep and. My brother raised some show pigs for the county fair, and I eventually started showing a few pigs myself at the county fair. Um, But what we really liked to do was show horses. And so we showed horses all throughout Iowa and in the Midwest, and that was our passion. Um, And I think kind of my horse passion led me to Blackhawk College East Campus, where I I learned about horse judging there um, from John Wolfe. And it's a great opportunity for me. Um, sadly, I had used up all of my eligibility to judge at all the horse um, contests before I was a junior in high school. So then I started judging livestock and started getting into livestock judging. And um, basically, long story short, I ended up judging livestock at Blackhawk. Um, I also judged horses as well. But while I was there judging livestock, I really found this passion for the livestock industry and um, a huge love for livestock judging. And so that just kind of kind of caught my heart. But I, I didn't come from a big stock show family, but I did come from um, a pretty smart mom, super competitive dad. And um, they both desired to get me down the road to chase up my passions. And growing up, a lot of that was showing horses and, and judging. So, huh. Yeah, it's interesting well, uh, how cross can, or paths can cross like that. Uh, both very, very, very competitive industries, and they kind of they kind of cross over sometimes. Corey, what were you going to say? I was going to say, uh, Jennifer, you also had an opportunity to meet uh, a young man who you've come to know pretty well here over <laughs> over the years, and start a start your own show family with. So um, let's dive into a little bit of of your Blackhawk judging days on the on the livestock judging team. Um, 
what were some of your favorite stories from the van? And I, and we all, we all need to know how you finally got Dan. Uh, who, who was it between you and, and your husband? Who, who made the first move? I got to know. <laughs> well, so kind of, it goes back to when we were in high school. I remember um, my senior year, I judged at the Iowa Beef Expo judging contest. And I remember um, Blackhawk being there and I knew that I was going to go to Blackhawk, but I was planning to judge horses. And somewhere along the way, I, I ran across Dan. He um, had a great day at Iowa Beef Expo and I didn't have my best day. So, of course, I wasn't too thrilled about that. Um, then we went to the Blackhawks contest that spring, and I met Dan there um, officially. Um, Mr. Hogue and Mr. Denzer made sure that we had a chance to meet, and and that's when they started trying to bring me over to livestock judging. Um, that summer, they coerced Dan into giving me a call, or at least that's what Dan says the story is, um, to try to see if I would consider judging livestock because they really needed me to be on the team. So that was the good story they had. I don't know who concocted the story, but basically, <laughs> um, you know, went off to Blackhawk that fall and, and um, you know, really a, a great team that I had the opportunity to be a part of. And we became fast friends, uh, kind of drove each other crazy in the vans. I was um, one of a few girls that were in the larger class, but when it came time to going down the road and hitting the contest, it was basically me with, with a bunch of guys. And so along the way, Dan and I finally started to date after a while, but he definitely made the first move. It wasn't me. <laughs> he, I, he had to do a little convincing. So, uh, well, um, I mean, Corey's parents, Hey, that's the same deal. The Blackhawk, uh, the, the Cupid hit there at Blackhawk and, uh, look, now we have Corey edge. Yeah. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, I mean, I, one of the things I would say about it is you spend so much time together when, when you're on a judging team. And so you kind of learn fast, like, is this somebody that I could get along with? And we laughed because while we judged, we judged a Blackhawk together and then we went on to K-State together. And, you know, you're just spending so much time together. You're competing, you're going to classes together, you know, you're, you're giving reasons after school together. I mean, we were just around each other a lot. And then when we got married, we both had busy jobs. He was coaching and going to grad school and I was working for the national swine registry and we never saw each other. So that first month we were married, I think we saw each other like 10 days. So we, <laughs> so we, we had fun in college getting to know each other, but you know, you do just have such similar interests. And I think we had a lot of the same things that, that drove us um, and things that were important to us. And um, yeah, those were fun days. Oh, absolutely. The one thing I might say too about judging van time, um, you know, I didn't grow up with a big stock show background. I mean, the Washington County Fair and the Iowa State Fair were like where I went from a livestock show standpoint. And so being able to be in the van with a bunch of these guys who had won national cattle shows or served on national cattle junior board associations. I mean, there was so much value in those van rides and me just getting to like know what their experiences were and learn about them and then getting to go visit all those great livestock operations and meet the mm. people behind the scenes. Like those are just amazing days for me. And they really created a foundation that I'm super grateful for that. You sure can't get sitting inside a classroom. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, so, so Jennifer, you, you touched on it actually a little bit um, sh probably shortly after Blackhawk, you started at the, the national swine registry. Is that correct? Started the national junior swine association. That's right. Um, 
while going to work for the National Spine Registry, yes. Um, well, well, what I yeah, what I was getting at is you started at the NSR shortly after yes, Blackhawk or shortly after K State. Yeah. Okay. So then brings me to my next point. So some people know, some people don't probably realize that um, without your leadership and, and some others involved, the NJSA as we know it today would not exist. So one of the things that we wanted to talk to you about, especially, um, is how all that began. How did the NJSA start? Who were some of the people involved? And what were um, some of those, those moments that kind of helped spur things? Well, I would say that when Daryl Anderson called me in the winter of 2000 and asked me to consider coming to work for the National Swine Registry, I'll just be honest, I was a little hesitant. You know, I thought this job title they were going to give me was website coordinator slash junior activities program director. I don't even remember. It was so long, it could hardly fit on a business card because they did not know what to do with me, but they knew that they wanted to start up a junior program. Um, And when I was an intern at the National Swine Registry, Daryl Rial and I had the opportunity to put together the first summer spectacular. So in 1998, that's what we did basically after work. Like we had our jobs that we had to do during the day, but we like put together the skillathon and we organized the judging contest um, cards and we made the posters for the walls and we we just did all those little behind the scene things that you do for a show, um, kind of after hours there. And we both realized how much it how much we loved it. And it's funny to think about where that you know, where Daryl Real is in his career today, um, running stock shows and and kind of that career opportunity that it provided me. But, um, you know, yeah, I I basically said, okay, I'm in. I I thought, I think a lot of Daryl Anderson, he's a great leader and a great man. And I knew that if he believed in me, there probably wasn't anything that I I couldn't do. And so um, I went off to work for NSR in the summer of 2000. And it, it wasn't easy to get the program started. They tried several times and it, it's just hard to get something like that going, but um, we were pretty determined. And I think it was just the right time. I think the show pig industry was, was starting to boom and it was a critical time for purebred breeders. They needed a place to sell those hogs. And so NJSA created a framework to gather kids together who love purebred swine and to create opportunities for purebred breeders to sell hogs to those kids to show. Um, you know, I think one of the things that made it work that was a little bit different, it just wasn't another show. I mean, our focus and my focus was on the kids and wanting to build young people. And the shows were just one way we were going to do it. But we also wanted to make sure that we had scholarship opportunities for them, that we had leadership conferences, that we had educational contests that helped tie them back to real world production. And so, you know, those are just some of the things that were in our mind as we got going. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to, to be involved with that. It was so fun because it was, you know, how, what do you dream, you know, dream big and what can we make happen? Getting to work with a lot of great young people during those years and, um, you know, just, just see those dreams come to fruition was, was really special for me. And, to see my kids get to show in it and be a part of it today is, is even greater. Yeah. That was one of the things I was going to ask is, you know, being part of the groundwork of, of that whole organization and associations and what, what is it like to just sit back and kind of watch it keep growing and growing and, and where do you see it going from here? 
Well, I mean, I think it's humbling. Um, and I have to laugh. Like, I, I don't remember what show I was at. And, you know, I was just around some some new families. And I mean, they had, it was like, they had no idea that when they were asking me some questions or talking about the organization, it was like, you could tell that they had no idea who I was. And they did <laughs> not know how much this, I mean, this was my first child. And I'm just kind of like, do you not know for 10 years, I, I, I loved and cared for this thing. And um, it, it means a lot to me. So it, it always will. I will always be um, NJSA's biggest fan. Um, and so when I sit there and I see the great things that the young people are doing and, and the, the new leaders of the organization, it's just humbling. And I'm excited. Um, I think that, you know, I now with my job with Farm Journal's Pork and going to industry events and seeing those kids that came up through NJSA go out and be leaders in the commercial swine industry. That's probably, that probably means more to me than anything, because I know that we wouldn't have those kids doing what they're doing today. And they're no longer kids, but they'll always be kids. to me. <laughs> we wouldn't be able to have them without NJSA bringing them together. So yeah. um, I think it's just going to continue to grow. Um, it may look different. I think it's going to look different in the future. It's hard to know what the future holds, but, but um, I believe there's so many people who are so passionate about it that I think it's going to take a lot for it to not be there. Oh, mm -hmm. I promise you that. Yeah. Well, we're back again, taking a break in the action to tell you about our good friends at fleece performance engineering. If you tow and haul with your truck, you know how important it is to have a reliable vehicle. The guys over at Fleece Performance test their products like we use them. If you've ever met Chase Fleece, you know this guy's passionate about livestock, and obviously he doesn't want to have a breakdown on the side of the road just as much as the rest of us. True. So you know that they those vehicles can stand up to the harshness that towing every day can do to your truck. So go to Fleece Performance engineering because they have a complete lineup of race proven products everything from turbochargers and cylinder heads to lift pumps and injection pumps visit them at fleeceperformance.com or at their new service and manufacturing facility in pittsburgh indiana just west of indianapolis on i-74 use promo code stock talk for 10 percent off your purchase that's promo code stock talk the name of this podcast stock talk for 10 percent off your purchase Let's get back to Jennifer Shike. I talked uh, with a group there the other day, and they they talked about how you know there are so many more jobs in the commercial industry than there are in the show pig industry, and you got to make sure when you're going through universities that you know they they get exposed to both sides. And you touched on that, and it's amazing that although kids may be grown up and show their livestock through organizations and that's their love and their heart through the 21 years that they're able to do it. Those experiences and networking groups can go into the commercial industry. Although you did get your start and, and show livestock um, those values. And there's a lot of the same core uh, teachings in the show livestock industry that can parlay into commercial agriculture. So uh, that's interesting that you're you're now involved with kind of both sides and you see those same kids doing great things because they got their start in a show livestock organization. So uh, I'll leave that group that I talked to kind of anonymous, but it was interesting to hear, um, you know, they're a research based group and um, 
you know, they were very, very keen on, we got to make sure they're commercial based and that's where all the jobs are. And I couldn't help but sit there and think that some of the kids that are doing really, really good things in the commercial industry, either their kids are, like you said, they're kids, but their kids are up through the uh, show livestock mm-hmm. industry or that's where they came from. So just an interesting concept, I think. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that um, they're, they're a lot more connected than I think some people think. Um, but I think that we kind of need both. We, we need, I think there is a place for the show industry to bring to light some of these young leaders who have a passion for agriculture, have a passion for pigs, and to create an opportunity for them to, to see the possible career paths that are out there. Um, without some of these these youth organizations, how would how would a kid like my daughter who thinks that she wants to work in the swine industry someday, possibly? She doesn't know. She's 13. <laughs> but she has, a, she has an awareness that there are a lot of opportunities out there. Um, and we don't have a commercial hog operation, but but she's getting a chance because of NJSA and Team Purebred right. to be exposed to that. And I think that has a lot of value. Absolutely. It's hard to... It's hard to quantify sometimes. You bet. Well, Corey, we can jump into our first topic. I'm uh, I'm anxious to hear this one. Topics from a hat. Brought to you by Fierce Threads. The only place we go for our apparel needs is none other than Fierce Threads. Fierce Threads is your number one source for high quality screen printing and embroidery. Put your business success at the forefront and upgrade your apparel today with Fierce Threads. Visit Fierce-Threads. Dot com. It's 2020 and I'm getting way better at ad reads. Yes, good job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Jennifer, this is a, a listener topic that's submitted um, from Allie. She sent us a, a message on Twitter and uh, she tells us that uh, she's a show mom who has two kids showing and they take pride in showmanship. They have success at the county fair, but always seem to come up a little short at the state fair. She would like to know how other show moms handle a discouraged kid that loves to show. Also, what advice do you have as a parent to encourage them to make a run at state fair? That's tough. Um, as a as a mom, I'm, I can I can hear the the passion and the emotion in that in that comment. It is hard when you see your kids be discouraged. It doesn't matter if it's showing pigs, if it's playing a sport, if it's school. Um, it's kind of like you want only the best for your kid at all times, you know, and and the truth is sometimes that discouragement is, is maybe the best thing that will ever happen to them. And I think as parents, we need to stop and realize that first, that, um, that it's good for them to have some discouragement once in a while. And that's what makes them tough and makes them stronger. And that's what gives them that drive that will really ultimately lead them to success. So, you know, when my kids have been discouraged, which definitely happens, you know, we, I try to use it as an opportunity to talk to them about what are we going to do next? Like, how can we take what, what that judge said? So maybe, maybe they're discouraged because, you know, they, they didn't get as far as they wanted in showmanship, for example, like you're saying, you know, what were the things that they said? What are some things that we can try to do better? How can we put more time in, you know? And and I remind them that the only way that you get better at showmanship, in, in my opinion, it's just practicing and practicing and practicing and getting out there and getting in the ring and getting that experience. And so it is challenging if you don't have the opportunity to go to very many shows, because the more you can show, I think the more that you learn because you just get that ring awareness that can't be taught at home in the yard or mm-hmm. behind the barn. 
Um, some of that stuff you just have to learn. And some of that you learn through the discouragement in the ring. So, you know, I think it's important that you're always their number one fan and that you're cheering them on and, and trying to remind them and point out the good things that they did. But I think you have to temper that with the areas that they can improve and, and try to build on that discouragement um, in a positive way to be able to help them gain more confidence to go out there and, and go after that run at State Fair. Yeah, I love it. That was good. Well, as Blaine Arthur would say, don't be a helicopter mom. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. To, it's okay to let them. It's okay to let them fail. And, uh, yep. and you know, the more experience, uh, the better, the more shows you can go to the better. That's the good thing about the pig industry, especially in the summertime. If you can't find a show to go to on a weekend, you live in Alaska. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, pretty much how it goes. <laughs> Well, and I think you can watch too. So, I mean, there's nothing that replaces being in the ring, but there's opportunities for kids today that we never had when I was growing up. I mean, they can go online and they can watch old shows and they can see how some of the best kids are showing. And there's a lot to be learned from that too. So I think it's with, like with anything. I mean, our kids today, if, if you like wrestling, you can go watch wrestling matches. Uh, if you want to, uh, you know, learn about any topic, it's out there online and you can figure it out. And then, and hog showing is no different. So. Right. Yeah. Right. When you got a company like Walton webcasting, that's everywhere. You can, you can even scout those folks from the South who may be coming up to, to expo in Indianapolis, you know, Hey, this is where I need to be. If you're really that interested, <laughs> you could almost peg out, okay, this may be the class that I'm in. <laughs> so, uh, no, yeah. what awesome advice. And that's a pretty good topic. So thanks Ali for, for sending that in. So, uh, let's touch a little bit on your professional uh, career, uh, Jennifer, if you don't mind. So you do a bunch of writing for those who don't know, and and that includes a lot of things. But possibly one of the most important parts is kind of educating uh, folks and being an advocate uh, for the industry. And uh, as you know, in the show stock industry, uh, we're typically more face-to-face -face interaction and we are very, very public when we go to county fair, state fair, and obviously a national fair. So how can you tell our audience the best way to advocate for our industry for that, for those on the outside looking in? Well, I think that it's really important for families, not just the kids that are showing, but also the parents to be knowledgeable about the industry. And it requires a little effort. Um, it, you just can't get it from going to a show. You're going to have to put some time in outside of it. And so one of the things that I would recommend, and I don't mean to do a shameless plug, but I guess I will. You know, follow websites that have pork industry news on it. Follow, follow me on porkbusiness.com. We would love to, to have you sign up to get our newsletter and stay aware of topics that are coming up every day. You know, we try to give you a, a wide range of what's going on in the industry. And I think since I've, I've come into this role with Farm Journal, with Pork Magazine, I've been able to have conversations with our kids about things that are happening in the industry in a, in a very real and meaningful way that they're actually able to like soak in and take. So it's not like they're walking into showmanship and we're doing the, okay, here's all the current events that you need to know about the swine industry. They actually have a working knowledge of it. Um, and, and I think it's just really important that you, you stay aware of what's going on in the larger swine industry as a whole, because we're part of the swine industry. We're a small part. The show industry is a small part of the bigger global swine industry, but it, it's, it is very visible and it does matter that we are able to have those conversations with the public. We get the opportunity to be like one of the best advocates about why people should eat pork. You know, I think at the end of the day, that's something that needs to drive what we do. We want people to eat pork. And I think that can be an interesting challenge when you're showing pigs 
to be able to talk about it from that meat angle as well. But I think when our kids are able to do that and we're able to do that, that really has a lot of impact with people. I've got an example I just wanted to share when uh, that just happened. I don't know. I'm sure you guys saw the 60 Minutes episode or mm-hmm. heard about it um, where it was very negative for the pork industry. It was very one-sided. There was a lot of mistruths, yada, yada. But the first thing that happened to my daughter, she walks into her social studies class. Um, she's in eighth grade. And her teacher right away like starts asking her questions about the 60 Minutes episode. I mean, she's 13 years old. Luckily, we had talked about it at home. She had seen part of it. We had had a bigger conversation about it. But I mean, basically, her teacher was just talking about how his wife saw that. And she was very concerned for her, for her family and didn't know, you know, what she should do. And should they keep eating pork, you know, and he was able to talk her through that. But then he had a really big conversation with Olivia about what's her perspective on it. I think that showing pigs gives those kids some visibility that others may not have and allows them to be able to talk about some of those things. And I'm, I'm really proud that Olivia was able to have a conversation about it. We talked about it when she came home and then she had to give a 4-H talk the following Sunday. And she decided, you know what, I'm going to give my talk about this because I want more people to know these were some of the things that were not truthful. These are some of the facts that people need to know and now go help and share that. And so, um, to me, it's just so cool, the difference that our young people can make. And I don't think we give them enough credit. And mm-hmm. so um, they're great advocates, but we have to but we have to help them have that information and that knowledge. And so, you know, when I was when I was not working directly in the pork industry, that didn't just like land in my lap. I had to go seek it out. And so so find a magazine, find um, websites, you know, go out there and, and be proactive. Um, because you want to be able to be prepared when people have those questions that are tough to answer. Yeah. Kudos right. to Olivia. That's uh, quite the challenge to be <laughs> show up at school, and but she's prepared. And, man, uh, that's so true. I, I did a little, uh, you know, research on the topic once it came up. And, you know, some of the first ones that I, I answered were, were just what you said. And those pork magazines, if somebody were to just see both sides, and not everybody does. So we, we got to make sure everybody knows the truth. So, uh just good, good stuff. Well, and I think something that we talk a lot about um, is is we do a lot of preaching to the choir. Um, I feel like in our industry, we're like, yes, we should talk about this and we should do this. Um, but our voice, it seems like a lot of times is not near as loud as the general public or the, or the anti-ag or the anti-meat animal um, agriculture voices that are out there. And, and obviously some of those things take probably a level of extreme that we aren't willing to match in certain cases, um, with, you know, some of these activist groups, but there's a lot of ways that I think we can, we can really bolster, um, the viewpoint and the look of, of meat animal agriculture. And one of those things is, is, is through our kids being knowledgeable, and being able to share that because their interaction with adults um, that will try to offer opinion or um, persuade them to think a certain way. Um, young kids' minds are a lot more vulnerable to those situations than, than we would be as adults. So arming them with some, some power of education uh, to take out in the real world is, is a value too. So um, very good points, especially bringing up the topic of, you know, um, there's quite a few people that are, are in this show stock industry that don't have jobs in 
animal agriculture in um, the show stock sector specifically um, and to to be educated on on those animals uh, on what their value and real purpose is outside the show ring is is extremely important yeah and you know I think the 60 minutes situation also reminded me of just that the power of social media um, seeing how many people shared the, those positive stories you know and, and for me how many of you know I kind of kind of use my own social media channel as sometimes as a way for me to share some of those stories about the pork industry, but I was kind of overwhelmed by how many of my non-stock show friends were sharing those stories and talking about those stories because it does matter. They are concerned. They want to know those answers and somebody has got to share the truth. And so I agree. I mean, I, I do a lot of preaching to the choir myself and you know, I've been thinking, like, how can I start to make a difference? But I think sometimes it's the little things. It's the conversation with the gal who does my hair. <laughs> you know, it's the yeah. going to wrestling practice and talking to some of the parents as we sit and watch our kids, um, you know, bleach your time. I mean, there's so many ways that we can subtly talk about it and be able to answer those questions. But we can kind of give ourselves a little bit of a platform on social media by by sticking our neck out there with some of those things and being willing to to open the door for those questions. So right. um, I'm super proud of the, of the people and the families that have stepped up and said, Hey, come, come check out our farm. If you have questions or come ask us, you know, we, we raise pigs. We'd love to talk to you about these things. So there's a lot of great things that we can do. And we have so many ways to do it again that we didn't have years ago. So I'm excited exactly. to see how we can start to impact change. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and if there's any, uh, uh, I just, remembered that uh, Hunter Scheich is quite the wrestler. And so if there's any uh, Big Ten um, wrestling coaches that happen to listen to this podcast, make sure that you're on the lookout for uh, Mr. Hunter Scheich in the future. There you go. <laughs> uh, is that, I don't know so, about that, but we have big dreams. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Was, that, was, that, was Dan a big wrestling guy? No, not at all. Not at all. Really? So I, I like to joke about this, but actually, like, I think he gets his wrestling interest from his mom. Because I mean, when you grow up in Iowa, you wrestle. That's in true. PE you, class. you know, Did Iowa you know and corn. Like yeah, had... Iowa wrestling and corn is what <laughs> Iowa knows. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but uh, my brother was actually he he loved to wrestle too, and my dad my dad wrestled a little bit as well. But my brother um, wrestled at state, I believe it was his senior year, and um, yeah, so we kind of like wrestling in our family. But we just we kind of watched Cade Brock, Kim Brock's son, Cade. Um, over the years. And uh, actually, Dr. Scott Shockey's son um, also wrestled when we were on the judging team at K-State. And so we spent a lot of time going to those little kid wrestling meets and following following those young boys wrestle. And when our son was old enough, we thought, well, let's let's see what this is all about. And he left it. So that's cool. That is way cool. That's cool. Fun. There's something well, to be said with competitive athletes and competitive showmen. It's just kind of, I was about to say, it's kind of bred into them. You know, it's, Hey, I got to win. I don't care what I got to do. I'm going to work hard and get it done. Uh, rather you have a show stick or a whip in your hand or a basketball or a football or got the headgear on. Uh, I think it's just kind of the mentality that you bestow in those kids to, to do your best at whatever you can. Yeah, I agree. We kind of like to laugh about that because Dan and I are like, it's not like we're, um, 
powerful athletes ourselves. Now, Dan, he was a good athlete in the day. I was not. So I will, you know, I, I still can't believe that my kids have any athletic ability at all coming from their mother, but, but their mom's super competitive and, um, and very determined. And so I feel like, you know, I've watched both of my kids fall in love with sports and fall in love with showing pigs. And I feel like that drive and that energy they put into it has helped them be successful and has overcome any insufficiencies they had in the talent department, you know? And I think right. that's the cool thing about, about showing pigs is that anybody can do it and anybody can get better at it. And it just, it just takes that drive. So you betcha. Uh, the many languages of the sheep. Yeah, this is uh this is a weird moment because this is a pig episode. However, it is sale season. Isn't it is. that right, Trev? That's right. Sale, it's sale season, season of all livestock. All livestock. And because this is our podcast and I'm allowed to, I'm going to take advantage of it. Why not? The barn, the barn is open at Edge Club Lambs. That's all I got to say. Get a hold of me. Send me a message on Facebook. We got a pretty uh, special group, I think. Going to have some lease opportunities available on probably some of the best ewe lambs we've ever raised in our lives. Going to have some ramp weather options. Uh, got all kinds of sheep running around the place. So located northeast of Indianapolis, pretty easy to get to. Doesn't matter what state you're coming from. So look us up. We'll be happy to uh, share some advice and text you some pictures. Look for our online sales coming up on uh, Willoughby uh, March 9th and 23rd. So thank you for listening. If you don't want to buy sheep, just forget I ever said anything. <laughs> There's another another question um, when, it, when it comes to being a show parent um, and being married, obviously, to a very well-known evaluator across the country. Um, what are some of the challenges you see in our industry that we can help change to continue to fuel the positivity for those kids out in the ring? Well, yeah, several things come to mind and there's maybe two that I thought I might bring up. I mean, the first one that I, I, I think is a challenge to, to overcome, but showing livestock is not cheap and it, it does take a lot of money to get down the road, you know, and Dan and I were talking about that the other night that um, whether or not you spend a lot of money on your animal, you know, we can, we know that you can, you know, you've heard stories of very expensive pigs, very inexpensive pigs, all crossing the finish line about the same and doing well. So, I mean, despite that, just getting to the show, entry fees, gas, time off from work, feed, it all adds up. And so sometimes, you know, when we, we sit around and talk about things, we think, ah, you know, it's, it's hard for people to do it. And um, I see a lot of families like give everything they can to it because it means so much to their kids. So I think it's a cool thing that we have that, but I guess the thing that came to my mind was, you know, being involved in some of these NJSA and team purebred shows, I'm, I'm really grateful for the sponsors who've stepped up. I mean, obviously I was pretty involved at one time in trying to secure some of those sponsors, but I think about the impact that they've had and the opportunities that they've provided to kids because of the dollars they've invested in those programs. My hat's off to them. And I just encourage more people to think about how can you support it and, and help, you know, like being able to provide meals for the families at the shows. That's just one thing that they don't have to spend money on, you know, um, trying to provide them with, with some giveaways and some things that they can actually take home and use or a bucket or whatever it might be. I mean, I, yes. they're, they're little, but they're things that make a difference. And so um, that's just one thing that came to mind. Um, 
another one that I think is challenging and I, I was like, Oh, I don't know if I want to talk about this, but you know, there's a big perception that it's a very political industry. Um, and, you know, I, I think that politics are somewhat unavoidable in life because we're humans. Right. I mean, mm. we're not robots. We're, it's not always black and white. Um, but I, I feel like that is a perception that's out there. And I think that one of the things that we can do to help um, feel more positivity for our kids is that we as parents need to stop and realize that we're going to show to get somebody's opinion. And whether or not we agree with it or not, I think it's our job, if we're signing up for that experience, to, to be a positive um, role model for our kids when they leave the ring. And, and I'm going to liken it to wrestling. I'm sorry I'm on wrestling mode. It's wrestling season. <laughs> it's hard to deny it. But, you know, we, we talked to Hunter. When you come off the mat, it does not matter what you think you did or what even, you know, you, the ref is the final call. His voice is the one that matters. And it's your job to respect it and to come off that mat humble and grateful for the opportunity to wrestle even if you're even if you're mad angry sad whatever your feelings may be you need to respect their opinion and I think it's so true for the livestock shows too I mean let me tell you there's a lot of times that as a show mom I have to go give myself a timeout and I hate to admit it it's embarrassing (laughs) but sometimes I just get a little bit too competitive right and so I'm like you know darn I you know I I don't agree, you know, and, and I think when you have kind of that livestock judging background too, you know, we think we all know something, right? I mean, let's just be honest. If we've been through it, we're like, we all have an opinion and we're like, no, um, that pig shouldn't have been third because they maybe said this, but there's also this, right? There's always some way that we can justify it because that's kind of how we're raised up. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of laugh about it, but sometimes I just have to step away from it, you know, and, and Dan does too. And we kind of joke about that, but we want our kids to come out of the ring with, with respect for the judge and what they had to say that day. Um, because when you're in the ring and you're judging that show and you have that opportunity for your voice to be the one that matters that day, you know, you want people to give you that respect. And so I think that we have to train our kids to be respectful for that because maybe someday one of our kids will get a chance to be in the ring. Um, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but I just, I just think that as parents, we've got to stop whining around about things being political, you know, they may be, they may not be, but I think at the end of the day, it's about us choosing to respect what somebody else's opinion is and then go home and figure out what can we do better? Um, Yeah. We don't have to agree with what they said. That's fine. We have to respect it. We don't have to agree with it, but can we use that to help us be better down the road to help our pig be better for the next show? Mm. Yeah. My gosh. A lot of truth surrounds that. And we talked a lot about, you know, that's the first thing that if you if you get beat, that's a lot of the times that's the first thing that comes out. Ah, oh, well, that judge knows this person, that person, this person. That may be true, uh, but as a livestock judge myself, it's tough, and I I never put my integrity anywhere but where I know it needs to be. And um, you hope that the one evaluating your livestock gives you that fair shake, but in the same sense, you're taking that animal to that evaluator to get it evaluated. So, and, and those kids are a direct representation of what they see. And if, if mom or dad's throwing spray bottles or kicking gates, guess what happens? That's the whole 
whole nother generation that's going to do the same thing. And, um, you know, don't have any kids yet, but I, I am very involved with, with a lot of youth with, uh, you know, getting their hogs right or whatever. And every time they come frustrated out of the ring said, Hey, we chose to bring this animal to that judge. And I don't agree with what he said, but we chose to do it. So let's move on to the next one. So pretty much repeating exactly what you said and, and not, not as, uh, not as fluid as a way, but so true. Um, uh, get, gotta, gotta have respect. Uh, and, and I always say on the microphone too, when you slide into home at a baseball game and the umpire calls you out, we don't shake that umpire's hand, but in the livestock industry, if you're fourth, fifth or sixth, or maybe you get the gate, you walk from the gate to the judge, shake their hand and then leave. So that is kind of bestowed in this industry to have respect, uh, no matter where you place. Well, I think one of the, one of the interesting things about this particular subject is, is creating. And, and the reason that I wanted to bring it up is because, you know, creating the positive image of the show stock industry for kids that may get beat or that may not understand the political climate of it all, you know, it, it's almost like, uh, keeping the magic of Christmas, even though your kids find out Santa Claus isn't real, <laughs> you know, it, it's still, you know, even if we do get frustrated, if there are political um, decisions that are made or not, you know, the conversations uh, that could be had surrounding those things to, to fix those problems aren't to have with the kids that are in the ring showing um, and to keep that dream and, and the positivity alive for them is what's most important because um, if, if we continue to make sure that they understand what this industry can do for them, that will be the generation then that could potentially make that fix, um, you know, with, with uh, whoever's making those decisions in, in the ring, uh, judging those shows. So uh, very good subject. Great topic. All right. Well, this is another segment. Social smash. See if I can go two for two on ad reads today. Brought to you by Brad Hal Ford. If you get in a fender bender, maybe you smash that vehicle up, visit Brad Hal Ford in Kokomo, Indiana. Folks, it's cold, it's snowing, so it's probably time to upgrade to that new truck to get you down the road, hauling the livestock trailer to the next winter show, especially for you big people, big people there in Ohio with yeah. this winter jackpot series. Um Kokomo, Indiana isn't too far. Trust me, they sell vehicles to guys all over the country. Award-winning customer service that will lead you in the right direction on your next vehicle purchase. <sighs> all right, got through it. Yeah, there we so go. So, Jennifer, um, <laughs> on this on this particular um, subject, we, we kind of talked uh, earlier before we started recording is kind of how we wanted to alter this segment for 2020 because it it, at times it got a little negative because we were kind of poking fun at some of the things that we see on social media which is all fine and good but at the same time we weren't really offering too many solutions (laughs) uh we were just like don't do that like that's that's idiotic in some cases (laughs) um but but what are some things that you see uh on social media involving the show stock industry um that maybe get at you a little bit and then and then how can how can we change those things and maybe offer solutions? I have one that may not have a solution. Well, it has a solution, but I it's kind of a silly one. And so I'm not sure if this is what you guys, I don't know if anybody's talked about this before, but as a show judge's wife, I cannot tell you how many friend requests I get before he judges a big show. 
And I laugh because Dan's not been on social media until just recently. So he finally, he finally got with it um, after a lot of like hesitation because he needs to be able to know like when football practices change and they decide that they're doing everything on Facebook. And so Dan has finally decided to do some social media. Um, but I mean, that's just not really appropriate. And I feel like that's something I want to make my, my, our kids aren't on social media yet. And when they do, you know, those are some of the etiquette things like you don't friend request a judge or their wife. Um, I'm not trying to be rude if you've tried, but it's one of those things where, um, you know, respect some of those private boundaries. I think that social media kind of causes us to kind of lose our heads a little and forget about like, you know, some things are just maybe not appropriate. And so, you know, when you're, that is not going to help you do better with the judge to try to be their friend on social media or to try to friend their wife on social media. I would love to be your friend if we've met and we're friends, but or you would like to become my friend, but it's kind of awkward. So I don't know if you guys have ever discussed that before, but I guess my solution would be don't do that. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, a great we, point, we, though. We have talked about um, the other version of that, which is sending those judges pictures or messages on social oh, media yeah. Yeah. Of, of livestock before they hit the ring. Um, pretty interesting. But yeah, uh, Trevor and I have actually kind of noticed that, too, um, getting friend requests before we go judge shows from a certain area. I'm like, boy, I don't really know a whole lot of people from uh, such and such area. It's yeah. kind of strange that I got five friend requests from that area. So yeah, that but, is uh, no, that, that is a good one. Just uh, yeah. Just don't do it. Hold back. Wait till after the <laughs> yeah, show. Maybe just don't do it. how about meet me after the champion is picked and let's shake hands and then we can request. <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right. So, uh, a last question for you, and this this can be a, a stickler, but uh, it's one that we love to ask uh, here in the new year. We've talked a lot of things about the positivity behind the show livestock industry, but what we want to ask you is, what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned while being involved in the show stock industry? I think I've alluded to it a little bit throughout this visit today, but I, you know, one of the things that I've learned is that um, if you work hard and you put a lot of time into something you're going to get better. You know, hard work does pay off. And I think that the, the show stock industry allows you to be able to see what happens when all those hours in the barn meet with a little luck and sometimes you get some success. I mean, it's pretty exciting. You know, we, we watch our kids and I remember that first show and thinking, I'm pretty excited, you know, like we love this and they're going to be great. And this is going to be wonderful. And, you know, some of those first days where you're like, oh my gosh, what is my kid doing in the ring? No hunter. There is no squirrel to look at, you know, like <laughs> on thing. again, off again, like just some of those beginning things. I just thought, oh my gosh, kids, but they've worked at it. They have spent so many hours doing it and it's been fun to see them get better. And some days I just stop and think, wow, look how far they've come from where they started. And now we're getting ready to start that all over with number three. So I'm kind of in that like, oh my gosh, what did she just do mode? But I mean, this, the stock show, you know, this stock industry allows us to be able to pour ourselves into something and to be able to, to, to get some rewards for that hard work. And that's, that's really exciting. You don't have to come from a famous background. You don't have to, to have a lot of money. But I think if you surround yourself with really good people and there's a plethora of them in the show industry, um, it's amazing what could happen. At the same time, I also want to point out 
that probably the most important lesson that we've learned is that sometimes you just aren't going to win. And probably I've learned that lesson more than I want to admit that I've learned the lesson more than I, the more than I want to. I mean, it's, it is hard when you think you've got a shot and you're close, but you just don't quite get it done. And I, I guess I feel like we know a lot about that in our family and that's okay. You know, I mean, um, we work hard, but a lot of people work hard. And I think that there'll be moments where I'll just kind of be a little frustrated and Dan will remind me that, um, if you're not working hard, then you don't even deserve to be out here in the ring today. Everybody who's out here does. And, and we just have to, to humble ourselves and to, to realize that just sometimes it doesn't happen and that's okay. Because at the end of the day, I don't remember how we did last year. Dan might say he remembers, but I don't really remember how we did last year. I remember highs and I remember lows and I remember the things that we learn as a family along the way. But, um, that lesson of sometimes you just don't win is probably the best lesson that the show industry has helped our kids learn. And I think it's made them more resilient, um, stronger people because sometimes your team won't win. Sometimes you're going to lose the match. Sometimes you're going to fall short in the race and that will continue to happen when you're 40 years old, you know, and being able to know how to deal with that is just super important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Wow, what a great great way to to end this episode, Corey. Uh, we appreciate you, Jennifer, sh- uh, jumping on here and uh, opening up your book and and your story. But better yet, uh, uh, your professionalism is definitely noticed, and we truly appreciate your leadership to get the the NJSA started, and it's still thriving today. And and we thank uh, thank you for that, uh, and also thank you for jumping on here today. Thank you. It was great to be on here today, and I wish you guys a great twenty twenty. Well, I'm not a parent yet, but I will say in this podcast, we've had many guests that are awesome parents and show parents and just good educators. And just like we've heard today in Jennifer's episode, man, I took a lot of notes and um, I'm excited because uh, she was on the groundwork and did a lot of great things that are still in play today at the NJSA and hearing how she kind of navigates her family and her kids and having a husband that judges all over the place. It's just a bunch of topics that uh, we were really glad to to present to her and, and such. So wanted to thank Jennifer again uh, for that episode. Just a really awesome time to, to chat with her. And I would encourage you guys to look her up and some of the work she's done uh, really brings a lot of light to the the swine industry as a whole and uh, what our pork is doing in the world. So a lot of hot topics, but a lot of really good discussion. So guys, we want to appreciate, uh, we, we really appreciate you guys on here listening week after week. It is overwhelming the amount of support we've got. Uh, every show we go to, we've got somebody that comes up to us and shakes our hand and, and uh, thanks us for what we're doing. That means a lot. So uh, continue to share it. Uh, we want to get to the point where everybody has heard of Stock Talk Podcast. So uh, we thank you each every every week to continue to share it. Uh, get on our social media platforms and maybe tell a friend or a, a dad, a mom, a brother, sister, whoever it is that has not heard of us yet. We would love to get this out there in a positive way. So we are on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, make sure you give us a five-star rating on iTunes. That helps us also 
climb that ladder that we continue to mention. And we are totally pumped up for the show tour presented by Honor Show Feeds in 2020. We will be posting a list of shows very, very soon. My gosh, we cannot wait to get out and see you guys at some of these major events all across the country. Be looking for updates on our social media platforms. Guys, you are awesome. We love each and every one of you. This has been another edition of Stock Talk. <laughs>